Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, now that Tom Brady is retired, the obvious question is, where do the Bucks go now for the quarterback position? And as we sit here, Kyle Trask is the only quarterback under contract. So they definitely need at least two more, you would think. Most teams carry three, maybe four if you have one on the practice squad. I don't think Ryan Griffin is an option who was on the practice squad the last few years, only attempted four passes in his career, probably going to move on from him. In fact, I don't know if Blaine Gabbert is that high on the list, although the plan was, had Tom Brady not unretired a year ago, that they were going to let Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert fight it out. But this is Todd Bowles. This is not Bruce Arians. And Todd Bowles took over on March 30th. You know, by that time, the die was cast, and he he had his three quarterbacks. Plus, Blaine, in my opinion, was there as much for Tom as he was for anybody else. You know, those those jobs have certain, you know, duties in the quarterback's room to help prepare your starter. And Blaine had a lot more experience than Kyle Trask and, you know, could see things that Kyle probably couldn't see and help him with film study and different things. And – so, you know, Kyle did not beat out Blaine Gabbert for the number two spot a year ago, and he was given that opportunity, I suppose. Played some in the preseason games, wasn't electrifying to say the least. Now, he's not playing with Mike Evans or Chris Godwin and those guys, but that's the job. You have to go out there and compete, make things happen. So what do they do? Where do they go? Are they just going to fold their tent? And really, there's, there's a couple tracks that the Glazers have always taken. When it comes to the quarterback position, well, there's three. I mean, there's only three you can take, right? But the Glazers have always fashioned themselves sort of as big game hunters, right? They wanted the number one pick. They wanted to draft Jameis Winston. Um, they went after Tom Brady. And they like being relevant. They like the idea that this franchise has eyeballs on it. And their fans come to the games because it's interesting. And they like being talked about on the NFL Network and ESPN and all those places. And no one's had a team talked about more than the Buccaneers in the last three years because of Tom Brady and being Super Bowl champions and all of that. So if you're talking about big game, right, what are we talking about? Well, Aaron Rodgers isn't coming here because I don't think that the Green Bay Packers, if they decide to trade him, if they get to that point, is it's not going to be traded to the NFC. They had Brett Favre. And the Buccaneers were talking to him years ago when Brett was going to be traded. And it was either Tampa Bay or the Jets. And they traded him to the Jets because they wanted him out of the NFC. They wanted, If they had a choice, they were going to send him to the AFC. And I think that'll be the case most likely if something were to happen with Aaron Rodgers. A couple of landing spots. One would be the Jets again, right? And then the other one would be maybe the Las Vegas Raiders will be reunited with Devontae Adams. And he's a West Coast guy. It's not the West Coast. It's it's Nevada, but it's further west. Um, San Francisco, you think about that. You're like, well, you know, Bay Area guy went to Cal. Mm, NFC. I, I just don't see the Packers trading him to another NFC team. But that guy's out there. And I think for the same reasons 
he wouldn't be coming from Green Bay to Tampa Bay. I, I just don't see that happening. As far as the other guys, you think about Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I don't think I'm wrong about this, but somewhere around the middle of February, they have to guarantee him, the Raiders do, uh, a ton of money, just an absolute ton of money. And the Raiders have not given him permission or his agent to seek a trade. So they're conducting their business however they conduct it. But it's clear that Derek Carr is going to move on because after they made the switch a year ago and played Jared Stenham, Carr left the team. He didn't want to be a distraction. I don't see him coming back. Now, if he becomes available and it's not a trade situation, but he's a free agent, the problem with Derek Carr, because I think he's a good quarterback, is the enormous amount of money he's going to eat up on your salary cap. I mean, this guy's going to make $40 million, I believe. And so you're already paying $35 million for Tom Brady, even if you go through the process of maybe signing him to a one-year deal and then waiting after June 1st to put him on the reserve retired list, and he only counts $11 million this year, $24 million next year. Still, you're already paying a good chunk of change for a quarterback you don't have on the roster. So could they afford Carr? And if they did, what's left to put around him? You've got 24 free agents. That's just more money on the side. You'd have a very difficult time fielding a good football team around Derek Carr, at least the first year. So you go from him to what's left, right? Those those are kind of your big game guys, in a sense. Lamar Jackson, yeah, I don't really believe that the Baltimore Ravens are going to let Lamar Jackson out of there. I just don't. Make him franchise tag him. They'll, they're going to franchise tag him at minimum, if not try to sign him in a long-term deal. But, yeah, he's he's going to be tagged. And so that's that's not really – now, if they got so disgruntled and, and somehow Jackson you know, convinced them I'm never playing here again, m- maybe he, he shakes out and he is an AFC quarterback, so they would be more apt to trade him to an NFC team. But I don't think Lamar Jackson's leaving the Ravens. I never have. Um, and he's his own agent, so he maybe he overplayed his hand. Who knows? But they show no interest, zero, in, in moving away from Lamar Jackson. The rest of them are just guys. It's just, sec- it's just guys, right? Um, you think about Jimmy Garoppolo leaving the 49ers. Well, he was a free agent before, and the Bucs had no interest. Now, again, different coaching staff, different philosophy maybe than B.A. But as B.A. said, um, it's great. He'd be fine if you're going to run the ball 40 times a game. The Bucks couldn't run the ball very well at all and were last in rushing attempts a year ago. This is all one way of saying a lot of this has to do with who they select as an offensive coordinator. It really does because I can tell you, and I've said this in a lot of places, that if Todd Munkin somehow becomes the coordinator again of the Buccaneers, which I think would be the best get for them for a lot of reasons, um, he's coached in the NFL – He coached a year after he left Tampa Bay in Cleveland with Freddie Kitchens, and he loves Baker Mayfield. And I mean that he loves the kid. So Baker Mayfield's a free agent. And you're like, well, it didn't work out in Carolina. No, it didn't. But then we went to the Rams and got better coaching with better players around him. He kind of was okay, maybe better than okay, right? So that's a possibility. Um, You know, then then you go down the line, you go, well, Maybe they can catch lightning in a bottle, Geno Smith type, right? Maybe, and Geno, I think, has to decide what he's going to do out there in Seattle. 
maybe Jacoby Brissett, right? There's a guy in a very heavy run offense in Cleveland that beat this team. Former Patriots quarterback, learned under Brady, careful with the football, um, not flashy at all, but he, he played better than Deshaun Watson did last year. I mean, he threw, you know, 12 touchdowns and what, I think only two interceptions on the year, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Um, maybe it was six, but um, he he did a he did a good job, and they won games, and they beat they beat this team. They beat the Buccaneers, and Jacoby was a big part of that. Spotrack, which does a lot of you know different sort of market analysis and things like that, you know, this is a guy that you could you know you could probably get for for less than big money. You know, I mean that's that's the whole thing. He's budgeted it around. Five and a half million dollars. So I think this is sort of where the Bucks are going to be. I think they're going to be in that, and they got to make a decision. Look, if this is tough. This is really tough for Todd Bowles because he's going to be expected to win, and moreover, he needs to win. Right? Sure, he won a division title. You did it with Brady. Um, you were eight and nine. It was a losing record. Can you turn that into a winning record? Even if it's nine and eight, can you win the division again and and win it? Um, at nine and eight or ten wins, that would certainly secure him a little bit more than he is right now. It feels like that this team is going to clean some stuff up, that they're going to get their house in order, that they're going to probably release some players to save money on the salary cap that may have a year or so left on their contracts and aren't performing very well. And we talked about who those were the other day, and. You know, I mean, what is Donovan Smith, Leonard Fournette? You know, certainly they're going to have a new kicker. Um, there's a number of guys that could be in that in that pact. But if you go that route and you don't have much money for one of these top tier quarterbacks, eh, guess what? You're looking at the Jacoby Brissetts of the world. You really are. And again, a lot of that will depend on the relationships uh, and the history that these coordinators and what their preferences are once once they do, in fact, hire a coordinator. Now, as we do this podcast, they have not done so. It's uh, Thursday afternoon, late afternoon, and that could change by the time you hear this. But, yeah, just not a lot of great choices out there as far as, you know, the Teddy Bridgewater is still out there as a, as a free agent. Uh, um, you still have, you know, Joe Flacco and Andy Dalton and, you know, those kind of guys. Um Taylor well, I've, Heineke. I've got one is for a you. guy. Yeah. And John sent this mailbag question in. Mm-hmm. He says, with the salary cap limitations and low draft position, the Bucks have few solid quarterback options. Would they consider bringing back Jameis Winston as a starter? Or has that ship sailed? I, you know what's weird about that is that, like, everybody that was here, from Byron Leftwich in particular to Clyde Christensen, guys that were on the staff when Jameis played that first year under Bruce Arians all say the same thing, how they just wished they had more time with him, right? And you go, well, I mean, you had him for a whole year, and, you know, he threw 33 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, good, really good, but then the 30 interceptions, horrible, NFL record horrible, right? All the pick sixes he had. First play pick sixes he had, um, and it, and I think if not for the final two games that he played here, 
you know, against the Titans and, and the Falcons, Falcons in overtime, uh, you know, the last the last pass he threw was a pick six. The first pass he threw was a Buccaneer as well. The, you know, they say you can't go home again. Obviously, people do. That one, that one to me just doesn't seem possible, right? Because play it out. So, so I always say this, have the press conference, right? What does that sound like? Ladies and gentlemen, our new quarterback, the old quarterback, Jameis Winston, yay. And Jameis is going to get up there and say, what? I just want to get better. I learned a lot in New Orleans. I, I, just, I just need an opportunity. I'm just proud to be your quarterback. I just want to get better. You went away. You're at quarterback U. Remember all the things he said that he didn't get done in Tampa and why? But now he studied under you know, Drew Brees and, and got his doctorate. And then when he got his chance, what happened? He was doing okay last year, or the first year, I guess, when he blew up the hand. And then last year, he gets hurt, has a back injury. They put in Andy Dalton, and even though Jameis got better, at least he, he thought well enough to play, they went back to him. They thought, and Andy wasn't winning every game now for the Saints, but they thought, you know what, he still Andy still gives us the best chance to win. That's a pretty damning thing if Andy Dalton, the way he was playing, is keeping you on the sidelines. So – I don't know that there's enough good film of him to make you think that, oh, no, this guy is really, he's Geno Smith. He's turned the corner. Certainly they know him. His house is in Oldsmar. There's a lot of connect-the-dot stuff. But I I just say, you know, you get him up there, and then, then he goes out, and let's say week one he throws three picks, a pick six to lose the game. What's everybody saying? You had him for five years. You know what this guy is. That's why you went and got Brady. And you and you absolutely wouldn't have won if you hadn't. And now you bring you bring Jameis back when he's not been healthy. Um, I don't know what his back issues are or his shoulder or anything else. And there's no film of this guy that's that's very very good. Couple games in New Orleans maybe, um, but for the most part he had there's there's nothing like he progressed right. There's nothing that says oh yeah no he was lighting it up until. Um, no, I don't think it's possible. Because I, I, I think the Glazers are smart business people, even if they're – and they love Jameis, love Jameis. Like, that's why he was around for five years. That's why Bruce Arians was hired to try to save him in the final year. But even they know that it's going to be a hard sell. And, and this is entertainment, and you need to sell. You, you need to buy – you need to sell hope. You need to sell something. And selling the old quarterback that you – kick to the you know to the curb for for Tom Brady which anybody would you know hey it's Tom Brady right but but what has he done since he left how is he better really and and now he's many many years down the road right what is he physically and James took a lot of hits um and so for that reason I would say no definitely no all right, we'll get to some more mailbag questions. That's a good one to start with. But uh, I want to tell you guys how to save money on your electric bills. called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, there's a lot of these fly-by-night companies, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Three decades. Man, something goes wrong. They're fixing it. Plus, with every installation... You get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. So you can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, and this is important, they don't use subcontractors. So all those guys 
up there on the roof installing those things, that's Billy Mays, guys. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. All right, we got some more mailbag questions here on this Friday. Let's get going. All right, Rich had asked, Tom Brady retiring saves the Bucks some or all of that $31 million in dead cap money. But what would happen cap-wise if he unretires during next season? If he unretires next season... So, for instance, you know, you take the you spread it out the what eleven million this year, twenty four million. Oh, next right, right, right. Year. Oh, I got you, I got but you. Then, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Then, yeah, yeah. I, during I the season, the he comes back. During, during next season, he comes yeah. back. Yeah, he decides. Okay. You know, in September, hey, you know what? I missed this, and some team had a quarterback hurt. Yeah, I. Here's the thing. Um, there are there are deadlines, right? And so, um, what what I think they have to do, and there's a process for this, and, and I might not be getting it exactly right, but at some point he has to help them out. Drew Brees did this as well by signing like a one-year minimum contract, and then they're able after June 1st to put on the reserve retired list, and then $11 million go on the cap this year, $24 million next year. If he were to change that, I mean, he's essentially a retired player. He's filed as a retired player. I don't know that you would go back and say, "Well, you got to move that money back to the other side," you know, because he's unretired. I, I, I'm not sure. You know, he's got to go ahead and and be put on that list, and so then there has to be a process to take him off of it to make him a free agent. And I, I'm just not sure that that affects since it's already past June first that they would then make that retroactive and go, "Oh no, 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 you got to absorb the 24 million on the salary cap." That doesn't seem like that would be the case. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, I would think I would once you sign that it. contract and retire, then then your cap hit spread out, out over two years. I mean, you're you, you're taking the cap hit either way. It's just a matter whether it's all in right, one year. You're paying or for it, but out. I think anything that you can you can anything you can get to June first that you can spread out, mm-hmm. and this would do it. Um, then it's locked in those salary cap years. Twenty twenty four is going to be. You know, twenty four million and so on. So regardless of what he does next, that twenty four million is still going to count after you know, you know, after June first. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. It would be well after June first before he would change his mind. So I don't think that that would affect the Bucks' salary cap at all. I mean, he he will be on the books as a reserve retired player, and he won't be their player. So, you know, but but listen, us. It's kind of a hypothetical. I get the question, but. Ain't happening, man. I really, I mean, never say never, right? Because 40 days later, we saw what happened a year ago. But mm, I would say when he says for good, it's for good. Because there's just nothing, as we've talked about, works for his life right now. You know, you say, well, what if Miami? Well, okay, well, yeah. I mean, you got the itch to play and Tua couldn't. Let's say Tua can't go next season or gets hurt in training camp. Is is it possible? Yeah, any, yeah. Anything's possible, man. Like, we've seen him do it. But there's not many members of the third retirement club. There's a lot of two retirement clubs like Gronkowski. Well, he's got one more to catch MJ, so. <laughs> That's right. He could do the Michael Jordan thing. <laughs> but um, so with this guy, you know, what I'm, always, what I'm wondering is what happens when you get to the July, early August, and, and the, the natural body clock starts kicking in. And you and here's the difference between Brady and a lot of other guys. The other guys didn't have a choice. Their skills were gone. They couldn't throw the football. 
Man, this guy threw for 15,000 yards in three years. And he attempted and completed more balls last year than any quarterback in the history of the league. So he can absolutely, you know, spin it, deliver it, all of that. And so, you know, if he gets that itch to go out there and rip it and start throwing the football, you better have somebody to throw it to because um, you, you wouldn't want to see him try to talk himself back on the field. But I just, I think he's sincere this time. I really do. I think unless Miami's situation were to change dramatically, and I mean dramatically, that's that's probably the only other place. Like what it came down to in the end, I believe, was Tampa or retirement. And it says a lot about what he thinks about the Bucks. to be honest with you, that, you know, they're over the cap. The offensive line was bad. They fired a bunch of coaches, but probably not the ones he wanted fired. And I think he was disappointed in Todd Bowles last year, as were a lot of people. I mean, Todd Bowles was, was sort of presented as this, you know, accountability guy, right? Well, where was it? And he was supposed to be kind of a run first or, you know, at least take the pressure off the quarterback, run the football guy. And they were last in the league, you know, and he more or less kept telling other people to fix it, but he didn't fix it. And he didn't fire anybody until the season was over and it was too late. So I'm not, I'm not sure that all that much that, you know, Tom Brady was enamored or very, had a very positive experience. Whatever he thought it was going to be under Todd Bowles, it just wasn't. And, and there's all the bad things about his personal life and, and everything he went through. It was, a, it was a real grind. It was not a fun year. So why do you want to sign? You want to sign up for that when you have 24 free agents, no salary cap room, and what? Um, still a weak division, okay. But are you really going to go anywhere? I mean, they were one and done in the playoffs by a lot this year by the Dallas Cowboys. So I just think he got to a point, and they say he made, he, his dad told the Boston Globe he decided a week ago. Um, by the way, this guy sent me the, he sent me this email. It was pretty cool. Um, he's standing, uh, exactly at the same sea oats <laughs> where, uh, where Brady did his little, you know, Hey, I, I woke up today and decided, I just wanted to tell you guys as soon as I, as soon as I could, well, not sure that's exactly how it went down. I tend to think that maybe this was like pre-planned, right? Pre-shot, um, like I said. And so this guy sent in and he goes, love the podcast. This is from, uh, who's this from? Telex, whatever, uh, whatever his name is here. He goes, uh, love, love the, it's a, he goes, love the podcast. You probably know, uh, that was filmed in Miami beach, but was actually at 94th and Collins in front of the Fendi Chateau residences in Surfside, a mile from the house that Tom is building. Well, Tom Brady was in Los Angeles for the premiere of 80 for Brady just the night before. The night L.A. time. Could he have gotten back home? And all that? Yeah, maybe. Sure, private planes being what they are. But chances are that was shot prior to yesterday. Um. And I don't think he just roll, rolled out of bed and went down to the beach. If his, if his house is a mile away now, house, you know, could have a condo. I don't know if that house is done. I, I don't. Well, it's I a house really he's building. It's not built yet. I don't think he's living. Yeah, it's not yet. built yet. So he he may well live in one of those condos for all we know. But trust me, Tom Brady does not do anything um, that's not well thought out and planned. Nothing, right? 
And, you know, so this to me wasn't a spontaneous, you know what? Yeah, 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 you know what? I'm going to retire. Hell, let me walk down to the beach and sit in these sea oats and film this and get a little misty-eyed. No, doesn't happen that way. Didn't happen that way. Although I think I think the emotions were real, but I I, mm-hmm. I tend to believe that it was probably done before the day that it actually was released. All right, Steve tweeted us. He says, assuming Tom Brady stays retired, does he get inducted into the Bucks Ring of Honor next season? Well, I mean, they did it for Bruce Arians, right? I mean, that seems to be the way it goes. Like, boom, bam, you're in. Um, it if the Bucks want an easy sellout crowd for Carolina. Because that's the kind of game they'll pick, right? They won't pick one that's you know already high, highly attended by a bunch of opposing fans. Um, they'll they'll pick a probably some NFC South team. You and, and I were talking um, about this yesterday. They may have a hard time doing it next year because if Tom Brady's the number one broadcast team on Fox, that's right. When's he going to be here? Will he ever do a game here? The Bucks may get one or two a Thursday night game, but it could be on the road. May not be a mm-hmm. home game. Right. Like, would there be an opportunity for him to actually come and do it? If if, if the know. networks don't put them in prime time, yeah. And he does call games next year as the number one play by play team. Right. It's possible he's not in Tampa next year. That's true. That's true. And so it might that that might be a reason why it's hard. Now you know they're going to have a Thursday night game mm-hmm. somewhere along the way. It could be on the road though; and, it may not be home. And it could be it could be on the road. But if it were home, mm-hmm. then maybe they could schedule it for that. I yep. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see them having any any national TV games um, prime time. I, I just don't. And and for that matter, even at four o'clock, like you know, uh, he could do a Fox game at four too. But I. I I just don't think there's going to be a good enough reason. Now, you say that, and then if something happens with the quarterback position that looks kind of cool, mm-hmm. maybe you get one, right? Maybe there's so many now on television, so many networks, so many streaming services, all of that seem to all have a game Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, all of that, 4 o'clock games on Fox. I mean, it's possible, but unlikely. And, yeah, it might be hard to give it to him next year. He's going to get one. He's going to get more than that. I mean, he really is. Do the Patriots hell, have I, a ring I, of honor? And would he? He might who, go in. He could go into two of them this year. Go in the Patriots one, sure. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know if they have one, but I assume they have something like that. I believe they do. Okay, I believe they do. Yeah, yeah. He could go into two. I, I, you know, in my way of thinking, it's like you should probably like let the Patriots do this first. You know what I mean? Like, don't jump out there, right? I mean, we. He was a great. You know, for the for Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, and the Bucks were a great second act, right? to what was the longest running show. Um, and, you know, in my way of thinking is, and I don't make much of the, you know, one-day contract deal, but my, my way of thinking is, like, give him his flowers in, in New England first, you know? It just it just makes sense to me. I mean, it's probably going to... I mean, he played here three years. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, sure, absolutely. For what he meant to the franchise, the most winning this and second greatest quarterback yards or whatever that and you know he's definitely deserving but uh, I think I think there's a protocol to this I think you would be kind of rushing to say oh no no he's a buccaneer see we put him in first like mm, it's definitely part of his story we you know Tampa Bay was part of his story a really great part of his story 
and a great second act. And it's where he learned his vulnerabilities as much as the fact that, yeah, it was him. It wasn't Belichick. Yeah, I'm good enough to do this my own way. Um, but I still think you should probably, as an organization, just say, hey, what does Bob Kraft want to do? You know, let him have his day. Um, that's what I would think. But uh, what do I know? Well, we did get we a couple. Erect qu- a statue. We did get a couple questions asking: Should Brady retire as a Buck or a Pat? What, but see, what does that mean, really? Like, no. is that the one day deal? I guess. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, because unlike Major it's not League like baseball, baseball where you have a hat, you choose a logo on your hat and in uh, or no logo at all. In the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's your bust. You don't have a hat on. You know, I mean, basically, it's just you. Which is amazing because um, as much as the NFL doesn't want anybody to have a face and a name, you <laughs> no, have to keep your helmet on the field. In the Hall of Fame, you, you do get your face and bust out there. Yeah, it's just a face, yeah. That's all it is, yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't have to choose a team. So, yeah, that's – again, I I think some of this stuff is silly. I don't even know that Brady – and I don't pretend to know him as well as most people that are close to him do. But it just seems to me that he wouldn't want the this, this smaltzy – one day sit up with Kraft and, you know, it was a pleasure being your quarterback. I really enjoyed my 20 years here, 20-something years here. You know, I'll always be a paid – like, does that stuff need to be said, really? He can make his speech at the Ring of Honor or whatever they do for him up there, but, like, it's kind of a hokey thing, I think, these days, you know, the one-day contract. Like, he retired a Patriot. Eh, he retired Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, no matter where he plays. That's just who he is. Well, he's not a buck. He's not a... the retire the one day contract retiring as is is it's more for the fans than it is the player. I think it's for the organization, the or, not for yeah, the player. The organization too, but it's also for the fans. Another day to celebrate. I mean, Tom Brady meant the world to that you could, But you could celebrate him without mm-hmm. signing him to a oh, one day deal you and can. say you're a patriot. Yeah. You know, he finished his career as a patriot. Well, no, he finished his career playing in Tampa, getting the help beat out of him by the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody knows that. Yep. He didn't finish it in New England. Like what it what is this, some territorial thing? Like, oh, no, he's ours. No, he's ours. No, he's – look, we know we know what his career was. It was, you know, 20-something years and, and 20 years in New England and, you know, three years here. I mean, that's – they got scoreboard, for goodness sakes. How many trophies they got up there? Six. The Bucks have one. So, you know, you've got, you've got it on everybody. Mm-hmm. So just, just let the man do what he wants. Like, he's going to have his day. Absolutely have his day. Celebrate him, put his name up there, all of that, but and do it before Tampa does, I think. But this one, this one day stuff just seems hokey to me. Everybody can see through it. I mean, I don't. I just don't think it would mean that anything to Tom, because Tom, Tom's Tom Brady, no matter where he is or who he plays for. I think he's proven that. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, Greg tweeted, it says, people talk about Todd Bowles being on the hot seat this season, but what about Jason Light? Very few GMs get to pick three head coaches. If Todd Bowles fails, could the Glazers start over in 2024 with a new GM and head coach? If Light knows he needs to keep winning now, 
shouldn't Todd Munkin be the next offensive coordinator? Um, those are great questions, and, and um, I would say this. Uh, no one in the NFL should get too comfortable, even Jason Light. And I think Jason's keenly aware of that. I also think that the Glazers recognize he built a really good football team that Tom Brady wanted to play with and for and was good enough to win a Super Bowl. So he's done it. He's put it together uh, at the highest level and won. Can he do it again? That's that's really the test, that he has to kind of prove that. And I think this is a huge year for him in the draft, whatever they do in free agency, clearing the cap, positioning themselves not only to be competitive this year, but for years to come. And I don't think Jason Light's going to take for granted that he's like some sort of, you know, Supreme Court general manager that's appointed for life. I mean, that's, you know, he went six years, didn't make the playoffs. Jason Light's a survivor. You know, he's a survivor, man. He has found ways to hire coaches, you know, sell hope, finally win, win big, win for three years. Now Brady's gone. Now it's a big layer of the onion and it's just you. And he's got to prove that he still got it, that his scouting staff still has it, that they can put together a plan and and in in short order, that's what the NFL is about, but when you're between free agency and draft, you've got to you got to hit a home run. You got to have that Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield Jr. draft again. You got to do it right now. And you got to have the free agents that come in here and one turns out to be Shaq Barrett. Right, where kind of discarded, really didn't have much, and boom, 19 and a half sacks. Like, he needs that sort of success. If he doesn't get it, it's going to be a discussion, right? Because do we want him picking the next coach? You know, he picked this one. Um, how much was Bruce Arians? How much was really just Tom Brady? I mean, like, you know, he's been, he's one of the longest tenured coaches there are, or GMs there is in the NFL. You know, he reminds me, it's a little bit, you know, Howie Roseman won a Super Bowl, and then they ripped the whole thing up, and now where are they? Back in the Super Bowl. But Howie was getting to be on thin ice there for a little while. But you know what he did? He built up the offensive line. He built up the defensive line. And then when they drafted Jalen Hurts, boom, things took off. And Jalen was a second rounder. He wasn't a first rounder. So, yeah, Jason Light needs to be a very good version of Jason Light in this next year. And like I said, if the owners know the plan, see the can see the plan, can see what you're doing, know that you're moving towards a championship, um, they'll be patient. But if it doesn't come together, they'll they'll do what they have to do to win. And I don't I don't think Jason's under any illusions that, you know, that he's safe or guaranteed to outlast bowls or any of that. I really don't. Um He's got to be rooting for Bulls. He hired Bulls. Now you could say, well, really the Glazers just kind of bought into the Bruce Harris. No, no, I mean, Jason would have had to sign off on that decision. And I think he did. And I still personally believe that Tom felt more comfortable, at least when he started with Bulls than he did with Arians. And I think Tom's probably very, if I were Tom, I'd be very disappointed in how Todd Bowles coached last year. Because I don't think there was the accountability that was promised. I don't think there was the commitment to running the ball that was promised. And, you know, Bowles will say, well, I'm not the offensive coordinator. Well, I couldn't pick my offensive coordinator. And that's why you're doing it now. Okay, so let's see. You know, if you don't want to walk into the offensive meeting room and say we're running the ball this week, 
and I better see us run the ball and we better run it this way. You're not the offensive coach, but you just impart on the play caller, we have to do this, and they don't do it, you got two choices. You can fire the offensive coordinator, which they didn't do, or you can lose. And it turns out they lost more than they won, and they lost big in the playoff game. So I'm not going down that way. If I'm a head coach and I want you to run the ball, I'll make sure we run the ball or I'll find somebody else to call the plays. You know, and if I can't, if my offensive line doesn't get any better, then I'm going to change those guys. Well, here's what's ironic about it. They couldn't run the ball. Harold Goodwin, the run game coordinator, and Joe Gilbert, the offensive line coach, they're still there. They're still there. So somehow it wasn't their fault. I'm not so sure about that. So, yeah, Todd's going to rise and fall, and uh, it'll definitely affect Jason what, what the outcome is, I think. All right, Ben tweeted us. He says, do you think we move on from Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? Well, if you know, there are certain guys that I think should be given the opportunity. It doesn't mean it's, you know, look, Jerry Rice didn't play all his years in San Francisco. He went, you know, he went to Oakland. Hell, I think he was in Seattle and Denver before it was all over. So, but there are certain guys you like, prefer, want to to play their entire careers in one city, and and Mike would be one of those guys. Levante David would be one of those guys. But that doesn't mean that you lock yourself into a bunch of bad contracts, well beyond somebody's production, right? So, I mean, Mike Evans in this—I can't believe I'm saying this—he's going into his tenth season. He's had nine one thousand yard seasons in a row, NFL record. He's about to go over ten thousand yards next year. Um, I don't know what his market is. I mean, he's a really, really good player at this point, but not a young guy, not a burner. Um, what's the upside? You lose his number of the, off the salary cap. He's done so much to, you know, to read um, sort of structure his contract that there's all these all this dead cap years anyway because he helps out every single year. So whether he's traded or not traded, it doesn't help you that much on the salary cap. So I, I think he's kind of at that point where he's almost untradeable. And, and you wouldn't say that about many players, but I think that's kind of where Mike's at now. If he plays through this contract and they get to another one, then I could see him maybe leaving as a free agent or whatever. Um, same thing with Chris Godwin. I mean, the thing you got to worry about Chris is the wear and tear. You know, they signed him to that um, contract extension, even with the torn ACL. But I'm here to tell you, and, and he's a warrior, man. Like, there's nobody that's a better dude. No one's a better dude than, than Mike and Chris, but Chris is just tough as hell, never complains, makes all the combat coach, uh, catches, does all the, the blocking down on linebackers and defensive linemen, um, but it's going to take its toll. What I would be concerned about is, you know, torn ACL, torn MCL, like maybe he doesn't tear it again, but what what is what is that knee like? How long can he play with all those dings and all those, as Tom Brady says, it's demolition derby. Well, no one's getting hit more than Chris Godwin out there. So I would worry about him, trade him. I don't know that I'd trade him. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think you're going to part with your best players unless you were just to get a windfall. Um, but none of these guys are untradeable, right? I mean, you do what you can for the football team. And, you know, Belichick had a theory, rather trade a guy a year too soon than a year too late. Um, these guys are both very productive. So they're both coming off 1,000-yard seasons. I guess the question is, who replaces them if you trade them? You don't have anybody on the roster. You don't even really have a third receiver. You know, who's your third receiver next year? 
Is is it? Uh, I mean, I, if you like the guys you have, you know, I, I guess it's Russell Gage. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. if you keep him, he's your third guy, right? But there's no Julio Jones. There's no Scotty Miller next year. There's you know no Brashad Perriman most likely. You need receivers, mm-hmm. and you need to replace the guys you have. Like, could they draft a receiver nineteenth overall? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, they could. They could almost draft any position, inside linebacker, offensive line, defensive line. You want the best guy you can find, but eventually they're going to have to get younger at that position. But I don't know that Mike is all that. I don't think you get all that much back for him, and I don't, I don't know that you want to trade him at this point. He's still very productive, and he sort of, sort of seems like one of those guys that's done everything right and should at least be given a chance to play here until he can no longer play well. All right, we still have some more Lightning and Rays questions uh, we'll get to early next week. Uh, this week, it's the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl games, as they're calling it, flag football, some other uh, skills events going on, and that's in Las Vegas, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then it's the NHL All-Star game. You'll be down there, Steve, at uh, in Sunrise, where I guess Andre Vasilevsky and uh, Nikita Kucherov is down there, right? Yeah, the skills competition will be tonight and then the All-Star game on Saturday afternoon. Should be a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. So many of you write in and say how much you enjoy the podcast. Believe me, I try to respond to as many of you as I can. We we see the letters. We see the emails. Um, this is why we do it, and, and we really uh, value your listenership. And spread the word, and we can always have always have more chime in as well. Mm-hmm. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great weekend, everybody. 